J.T. Crowley is talking books. On the show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. Hello, I'm J.T. Crowley, and today I warmly welcome Dr. Rebecca Payne from East Orange in New Jersey to talk about her book, Finding Peace. She was born in Queens, a suburb of New York City, and having lived in Brooklyn, she herself sees herself as a bit of a New Yorker girl and a New Jersey girl, everyone. For the last few years, she's been studying in-depth biblical teachings. And what she has ascertained from those scriptural writings has had a profound influence on her life. To the extent that her life as she knows it now and sees it now is a far cry from her carefree, youthful days. Dr. Rebecca has a Master of Arts degree in Biblical Exposition, and in addition to that, she has a Doctorate in Business Administration. There's lots of things that Dr. Rebecca has done, but that's not for me to say. Let's invite her onto the show to talk about herself and her book, Finding Peace. Dr. Rebecca Payne, come and join me on my show. Hi, John. Nice to see you. Nice to be with you. And just to let you all know, everybody, um, like a lot of my interviews, um, I've been talking to Dr. Rebecca here for a couple of weeks now on various um, Zoom calls and having a chat and putting this podcast together. And we've actually, before we've just come on live to do the interview, we've been chatting away for half an hour and having a really good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we thought to ourselves, you know, I think we need to crack on here and get this interview done. So uh... anyway, so here we are. So Dr. Rebecca. Before we look at the book uh, in detail, would you care to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, so, you know, who is Dr. Rebecca I. Payne? And in brief, why have you written this book? Well, John, um, I am a student of the Bible. I'm a daughter of God in Christ. I love the Bible. And I love the relationship I have with God. And I wanted to share um, musings that I had as I went through the process of becoming a follower of Christ, which is a little different than just being so-called just a Christian. When you're a follower of Christ, you take a deeper look into the word of God, you apply it to your life, and you live by those biblical principles. I found that as I was going through the changes I was going through in my life and rediscovering who I was, there were some some points that came across that I need I felt I needed to share. So that's why I wrote the book. So your faith, your spirituality is very, very important to you, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I have a very deep that I like to talk to people about having a relationship with God. Yes, I, I understand that. Now, Dr. Rebecca, this is a, a small yet very powerfully written book. Um, and the story that you're getting across, I found... Um, very beguiling, very interesting, uh, very thoughtful, very 
provoking. This isn't a bedtime read, everybody. This is a book about getting you to think. And the story is really told through two main characters, and that's Miss Macy and Jamie, and how they face everyday life from a Christian understanding and how to lead a faithful journey. The characters brilliantly portray um, Dr. Rebecca's message over the nine short chapters that make up this 58-page book, depending on which version of the book you get. But to give you the audience an insight as to what lies between the pages, we're going to focus on certain areas of the book. If you want to know more about the book and what Dr. Rebecca has written, well, I have a very, very simple answer for you. It's called Go and Get the Book. I can't be fairer than that. So, Dr. Rebecca, let's go to chapter one, which you head up in the beginning. Now, what I liked about this chapter was the old lady, Miss Macy, sitting on her rocking chair on the porch most days. She's 82. Although she is addressed in the book as Miss Macy, she was actually married and had five children. She's widowed. And there she sits most days quietly reflecting on, upon life and watching stilly all that is going on around her in the world. You talk about the close relationship Jamie has with her, her simple virtues and how her spiritual wisdom and counselling changed Jamie. Would you, Dr. Becca, care to tell us all about this time sitting on the porch with Miss Macy? Because my understanding is that the two characters, Miss Macy and Jamie, are actually, well, Jamie is you, and Miss Macy is your own spiritual counsellor, the lady who you turn to in your time of um, challenging period in your own life. So yes, the characters everybody are Miss Macy and Jamie, but Jamie is Dr. Rebecca's. She has a close relationship with that character, Jamie. Absolutely. And quite rightly too. So I found, you know, so can you tell us you know, how you knitted the story together of Jamie and Miss Macy and the counselling and support that Miss Macy gave Jamie and how that translates to your own support and guidance that your own spiritual counselling lady gave you. Miss Macy and Jamie are a reflection of me and my spiritual mother. Um, I have known her for a long time. She was actually my ex-husband's grandmother. And through the course of time, as I went through different things in my life, um, different jobs, relationships, getting over certain addictions and afflictions, she guided me. And we would sit and talk for a long time, uh, but she always used biblical principles. And I found it fascinating. I had been uh, baptized as a Christian a long while ago. I'd accepted Jesus Christ, but I wasn't following Christ. And so in our conversations, she led me to 
want to know more about what it meant to follow Christ and who he was. And so um, as we began to talk, I began to realize I wanted to go deeper. And so Jamie and Miss Maisie are a reflection of those conversations. They're not identical, but they're a reflection of those conversations and the relationship we developed over time. It's a case, isn't it, you know, of, um, yes, we hear, but we're not listening. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I'm interested to know, in the chapter, you uh, choose various scriptural passages, you know, and I was intrigued as to why you chose those particular chapters, especially, you know, when you look at the Bible, everybody, you know, there are, the Bible is littered with scriptural texts, um, passages, um, and they all have how you could say, you know, how a person wants to interpret them. So I was intrigued as to why you chose these scriptural passages. In your chapter, you've got Genesis chapter 2, verses 2. You've got Genesis 9, verses 15. Exodus 2, verses 24. Ephesians 2, verses 12. Psalms 37, verse 4. Galatians Four, verse chapter, sorry, verse three. And the one I like most was John uh, 8, verse 36, which is, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Why did you choose those particular scriptural passages? What's the significance? Well, one of the things that I wanted people to understand, and, and by the fact that you're mentioning the scriptures, you'll note that there's a story in the scriptures as well. And part of that story is noticing in Genesis, God rested on the seventh day. I wanted people to understand that on this path toward peace, part of what you need to do is rest. You cannot go seven days a week. You cannot run back and forth to work, take care of the kids, go to soccer games and all of these other things. You cannot be running around all day long every single day of the week and not rest. So that's the first clue. Within the rest of the scriptures that I selected, one of the keys is that it's a relationship between us and God, right? One of my favorites was John Jeremiah 1.5, before I knew you, before I, I formed you in your mother's womb, right? I knew you. That's right? a wonderful so, scripture, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. And it tells us that God has known us from the beginning, from the foundation of the earth. He had a he he wants to have a relationship with us because he knows us. Now it's our time to seek him. And so Matthew 6:33 tells us that seek first the kingdom of God, right? So we need to look to God to have that relationship. We need to seek him out. We need to structure our lives such that we can go and find him so that we can go and find out more about him. This will give us a rewarding relationship and understanding that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the son will set you free 
free of the addictions, free of the afflictions, free of the trials and tribulations that you've gone through in your life, you'll have a whole new life. You'll be a new creation. You'll be a new creature. And understanding that you will become free. In your freedom, you will find peace. So on your journey, did you know, when you were sitting with um, the lady that you mentioned, did you find peace? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I found, I discovered that with peace comes joy. With joy comes happiness. These are fruit of the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit become evident in your life. You have joy. You have peace. You have happiness. You 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 take on goodness. You you take on kindness. You take on the ability to persevere and have patience. All of these things start transpiring in your life as you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Right, because you can't do these things. You can't make these changes by yourself. Right, I tried. It does not work. But with the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God, you can have your life transformed and then literally find peace. And with that peace comes the simplicity of life. Isn't it true, um, Dr. Becker, that, you know, Jesus, you know, God, our Lord, um, he wants to come into your life, but it's up to you to allow him to come into your life. It's up to you to open your heart, open your soul to him. He is ready to join you, but it's you that's got to do the joining, isn't it? Exactly. You have to make the choice. Yeah. Right. You have to want to have your life transformed by Jesus. You have to want to make him Lord and Savior of your life. No one can make that decision for you. But you first have to know about him. That's another reason why I wrote the book, to give a, another look at what a life as a Christian can look like. Yes. And as I said, everybody, yes, we're only picking uh, three chapters out of this book. There are nine. So a lot of these messages that we are talking about are in the other sections of the book, everybody. Now, Dr. Rebecca, uh, let's take the audience to... Um, Chapter three, the path to peace. Here again, we have the two characters, Miss Macy and Jamie. Jamie's had a busy day at work and swings by Miss Macy's on the way home. And there on the port, sitting in her rocking chair, is Miss Macy. Jamie's life is in turmoil at the age of 45, following her divorce. And she seeks contentment for inner spiritual peace in her life by asking Miss Macy, where can she achieve soulful peace, peace within God? Of course, this is you and your own spiritual counsellor, characterised through Jamie and Miss Macy. Talk to us about Jamie and your search for your own mindful peace. And what virtues did both you and the character Jamie attain from Miss Macy and your own spiritual um, uh, counsellor? And I would probably go as far as to say, extremely, very, very, very dear friend. Well, um, I too, like Jamie, went through a divorce. 
And during that time, my life was in total upheaval. I was uh, getting my, going to school, getting a doctorate. Uh, so I had to do that. I was moving around in different jobs. I'm a project manager by technology, project manager by trade, and my projects were coming to an end. So I'm also moving around in my career. Everything was an upheaval. And as I talked to my spiritual counselor, she reminded me that God knows all the things you need. He knows you need shelter. He knows you need food. He knows you need clothes. He knows you need a phone. He knows you need a computer. You know, he knows all of this. So calm down, right? Put your trust and faith in God and he will guide you. And that's one of the reasons why I selected Matthew 6, 32, so that people would understand God knows that we as Christians have all of these needs as he put it, the Gentiles have need of these things as well. So give your faith, put your trust in your faith in God. He will order your steps. He will guide you through all of this because he knows you have need of it. So that's the first thing that I needed to do was calm down, right? God will take care of me. The second part of that is that I had to learn to let go of the past, right? Even that being the most recent past, Right. I had to learn to look toward the future. Um, what did I want? Might not know how to get there, but I needed to have a vision for where I wanted to go. And God would guide me and help me along the way because he would give me the desires of my heart. Right. Not so much that I would have desires and he would fulfill them, but he would give me the desires of my heart. So he would lead me and guide me on the path that he wanted me to take. And I would become more fruitful on the path that I was going because he's ordering my steps. That was one of the major takeaways I took from um, the, my conversations with my spiritual mother. And one of the biggest ones that I learned was in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. But in thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That was such a huge leap for me because I was anxious about everything. <laughs> you know, where's my life going? What am I going to do now? You know, I, I'm in upheaval here, you know, and I'm trying to get this doctorate at the same time and I'm trying to focus. And should I stop? Should I keep going? What do I do? You know, and so with her guidance, I found that I needed to settle down and have peace and continue to do what I had started to do, trust in God. Um, you know, and like in chapter one, uh, Dr. Rebecca, I'm very curious as to why you picked some of these uh, biblical texts. You know, Ephesus 15 verses four, uh, not Ephesus, Exodus, sorry, everybody. And Matthew 6 and 32, which you've already mentioned. Romans 8, verses 37, Matthew 5, verses 3, and John 10, verses 10. Mm -hmm. um, I liked John 10, verses 10, you know, what's the, you know, where we've got um, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful scripture reading that you picked there. But my question is, why are all these 
um, scriptural references there in this chapter to support what you're talking about and their significance open up to us. Okay. Well, knowing that God is for you, God is with you, God is guiding you, is the beginning of the journey. Knowing that he will order your steps, knowing that he will provide for you is important. It relieves the burden of thinking that you have to do everything on your own, right? It relieves the burden of thinking, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know how to do these things. What do I do next? You trust in God, right? And so the scripture reveals, let the past go. Focus on God. Give your request, make your request known to God, and he will order your steps. But it's important that you understand that God has given you the life you have. He's given you your breath. He's given you your sustenance. Everything you have, you have because God gave it to you. God made a way, right? So in John 10, 10, it's, it's letting you know that in this life, you will have trials and tribulations, and they're coming from Satan. Let's be real. That's where they're coming from, right? He is our enemy. He does not like you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. But God, on the other hand, is not only giving you life, he gave you life. And he wants to give you a more abundant life. He wants to give you a greater life. He wants to make the road straight for you. He wants to lead you and guide you on the, on the best path to take for your life. And that's what I want people to understand about the relationship we can have with God on this journey. Isn't it true, Dr. Rebecca, you know, God shows you the path. He shows you the light. But it's up to you to take that path, to take that light, isn't it? Absolutely. But part of the journey is to know that it exists. Part of the journey is to know that there is a light. Some people don't know that, right? So I'm trying to show them that God is for you. God is with you. God will guide you if you but seek him. I totally agree with you. Um, Now, I want to go to chapter eight, Dr. Rebecca. Uh, And when I look at chapter eight in your book, the chapter that you head up, Hope Through Pain, and I thought this is a very important chapter and a very significant chapter. The title grabbed me and I thought, I am going to have a look what this chapter is about. So as I said, I thought this was a powerful, um, but it's a very brief, very small chapter, everybody. Here we have Jamie at a concert at the Apple Room in Lincoln Center, New York. She develops a leg pain, which progresses over the next few days. She endures the pain for so long before driving to the local pharmacy to buy some pain relief, some medication. On her weekly phone chat to Miss Macy, she talks about her pain. But of course, It's not about the pain of the leg. It's about her pain in her own life. And it's also you talking to your own spiritual mother about your own pain in your own life. This is what this chapter is all about. Am I right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell us more. Well, one of the things that I wanted to point out is that in our lives, we have not only trials and tribulations, but we have addictions and afflictions, right? Uh, we have pains, bodily pains, emotional pains, um, pains through our families, right? We have addictions. People have addictions to drugs and alcohol, trying to mask the pain they're going through. Uh, partying, people do that as well. They're always trying to uh, sedate themselves so that they're not dealing with the pain that they're going through. Some people have childhood trauma, um, abuses that have happened in their lives. So uh, Miss Maisie is pointing out that we need to address those things. We need to go to God with those things. We need to uh, not self-medicate. We need to take it to God. However, there are times when we will take it to God. Nothing seems to be happening. Right. And so we give up. Right. And God is saying, hold on, hold on. I'm here. You have to understand that. Well, you don't have to, but I'd like you to understand that God is working things out in the background. He's working through the pains that you're going through. He knows how you're hurt. He knows the trouble you've been through. But sometimes he's got to work on other people in order to alleviate some of that pain. Sometimes, and, and I note this in uh, the scripture that I selected, which is not a very well-known scripture, uh, Isaiah 57, 1. Um, the way Miss Maisie reads it is uh, from the New Living Translation, actually. Good people pass away. The godly often, often die before their time, but no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. Sometimes in our lives, good people die early. They die young. And we don't know why. We're like, why did this good person die? We get upset. We blame God, right? Not understanding that sometimes God will want to spare them from the evils that would have come in their lives. And that's why I point this scripture out. But also understanding, going back to the pains themselves, sometimes people don't take advantage of all of the things that they, all of the tools that they have available to them in order to alleviate that pain. If they have a Bible, they don't read it. If they do, if they do read it, they don't know where to read it. Right. They don't know how to find the healing scriptures. Um, if they go to church, they don't tell their elders what's going on in their lives. The deacons and, and, and the other elders and the, and the pastor, they won't tell anyone what's going on in their lives. They'll put on a happy face and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. Right. And they won't say anything. Then there are those times where, like I said, they're reading the scriptures, they're praying to God, but things aren't happening fast enough. And so they give up. The ones that break my heart the most are those who seek God out. They're doing everything right, but they're not getting an answer. God is not responding to their cries. So it seems. Because if they continue to wait, if they continue to hold on, if they continue to trust God, God is a healer and he proved it 
all throughout the scriptures. Everyone who came to Jesus was healed. So it's available to us. We just have to seek it. And that's what I wanted everyone to know in this chapter. I, you know, I listened to you very carefully there, and I picked up on the fact you were saying, oh, yeah, we go to church, you know, and, oh, yeah, I'm all right, it's about me. And I immediately thought of the scribes and the Pharisees in the Bible. Um, mm -hmm. They were the ones, you know, who would sit at the high places, they'd take the, the front seats in the temple, and they were the ones who would challenge our Lord and say, look, we are all following all the, the rules and regulations. Well, they spent so much time doing that, so much time presenting themselves. And of course, Jesus said to them, that's not what I've come for. That's not what this is all about. You've missed the point. So, yeah, I am very much aware. So some people, they go to church, you know, and say, oh, yes. And then people say, oh, they must be good. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The scribes and the Pharisees. What's your viewpoint? Yeah. There are a whole bunch of people um, who go to church and they look the part. Right. But they're not following Christ. They're not living a godly life. Nor are they allowing the Holy Spirit to help them live a godly life because you can only do it with him. Um, so they put on the show. And something happens and they get sick and they're they're questioning, well, why isn't something happening for me? Why am I not being healed? Why am I going through this? Why, why, why? And they're leading people to believe that they're leading a godly life when in fact they're not. Hmm. Right. And let's 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 just call a spade a spade. If you're not following Christ, if you're not doing what the Bible says, you will not have the results you're looking for. You cannot be a hypocrite. I have a friend. You have uh, the public. Yeah, I have a friend, uh, Dr. Rebecca, and I uh, say, yes, I'm a Catholic, and he is a Christadelphian. And, you know, the denominations don't matter. But he's always argued with me and says, yes, you can be a Christian, um, but a lot of organizations, you know, um, religious organizations, don't really focus on the Bible, and he says, and that's the one thing that we do. Uh, we understand the Bible. We read the Bible every day. He says, and that is important. And he, he very often castigates me. He says, have you read your Bible? And I'll go, no. Have you read that? No. And he'll challenge me that. Says, yes, we go to the rugby. Yes, we do all those things there. But he'll still say in the day is, I've read my scriptures today, and I've understood them. Have you? And I'm going, No. <laughs> Mm. And that's where you're coming from, isn't it? Saying you need to embrace and open up and listen to what Jesus wants to tell you. Exactly, exactly. You cannot know God unless you, in, 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 you know, invest time in getting to know him. And he gave us a Bible. He gave us this book inspired by the Holy Spirit given to man that tells us a lot about him. But it's not just reading the Bible. It's reading the Bible with understanding that only the Holy Spirit can give you. So it's having a relationship with God that will lead you and guide you to a proper understanding that you can apply to your life. 
And that's why I chose every scripture I did in this book, because they give you insight into who God is and the relationship he wants to have with you. It's meant to make you curious enough that you will go and look up these scriptures in more detail, read the, the surrounding context, read the surrounding chapters, and you'll realize just how much God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son. Right? So th that's the important thing, that we have that relationship with him so that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. But you got to know him it's a journey, right? You've got to get to know him before you can learn to accept him, before you can learn to believe deeply in him so that you can trust him, right? So part of the journey is coming to an understanding of your sinfulness. Yes, there is that. But then it's who is this God that helped me through this process? Who is this God who is helping me? You've got to read the word in order to, to have a better understanding of who he is. It's like any relationship, you've got to learn to trust that person, to find out about that person, to get involved with that person. And it's, it is, it's again, you know, you've got to build that relationship up with Jesus, you know, and, and with God. And do you know, one of my favorite, um, Dr. Becker, um, poems is, is the poem Footsteps. Mm. And it's the wonderful scene where you see it on the beach two sets of footsteps and then you see one mm -hmm. and the person says that why at the most um difficult time of my life did you abandon me lord and he says i didn't when you only see one pair of footprints they are mine because i am carrying you yeah that's so wonderful isn't it wonderful? It's so wonderful. And that is the point. It is. That is the point. It's very powerful. It's a very simple poem, but boy, does it pack a punch. Yes, it does. It really does. So this is what your book is about, and this is why you've written it, everybody. Um, I want to know, Dr. Rebecca, you know, have you got any more books that you're thinking of doing? And are you taking the um, the characters, Miss Macy and Jamie, any further? Um, the answer to that is yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> I'm currently working on a, a new book uh, that delves deeper into who Miss Macy is and identifies some new characters. Jamie is not gone, but uh, some new characters are going to be revealed. And it's about joy one of the other spirits, uh, uh, fruit of the spirit. So I'm going to address over time, I want to address, I don't know that there'll be separate books, but I want to address all of the fruit of the spirit um, so that people understand what God is up to and how much he loves them in giving them these virtues. So that's coming. Uh, I'm currently writing that. We'll see when it comes out, but you know, Takes time. <laughs> it, sure, it takes time. Who um, have you written the book for? And more importantly, who would you like to see reading your books? Who would you like to see, you know, going to explore? Who is Dr. Rebecca Payne? Young people? Well, mature people? 
all genders, different genders, who? Everyone. To sum it up, everyone, young and mature, um, every denomination, uh, every background, believers and non-believers. Um, I've had friends, I have friends who are of different religions and different backgrounds, and uh, many of them have read it. And um, they were enlightened by the book, right? You just have to be open to wanting to have a more peaceful life. And your curiosity, it's the curiosity of, of what is peace all about, right? Because as J, as Miss Maisie says, it's more than just an emotion. It's an experience. And it's more than just an experience. It's a way of being. It's a way of life. And I want everyone to have that opportunity to discover it. Where can people get your book from, Dr. Rebecca? Well, they can go to my website, drrebeccapayne.com. They can find it there with more insight into who I am with the About Author section. Um, they can go to Barnes & Noble. They can also pick up an audio, uh, an audio book from Audible and also at Amazon. Dr. Rebecca Payne, thank you so much for giving me the time and but also to allowing me the great privilege of researching your book and looking at your book and to, in a way, get into your mindset as to a bit about your own life um, and how you address the situations that you faced. It's a fascinating book, everybody. As I said, it's very short. It's only 58 pages, only nine chapters, so it's not going to take you all night to read it. But it's not a bedtime story. This is how I would read it, everybody, is I would read a chapter uh, at a time, you know, one day, and then the next day read another chapter. But also, don't just skim over the scriptural references. Go and research them. Go and have a look because you need to combine the scriptural references and the story within each chapter to get the overriding message as to what Dr. Rebecca Payne is getting across here. Once again, Dr. Rebecca Payne, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. I'm J.D. Crowley. Thanks for listening watching wherever you're in the world. Until next time, stay safe. <laughs>